The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, <clears throat> thank you for the comments, and I'll read more of them at the end. And I certainly sympathize with those people who felt there was a lot of words during that meditation. And um, But that's the trade-off uh, between being able to be a silence that helps us to settle versus um, receiving some teachings and some approaches that um, rather than explaining them in a, in a talk afterwards, but somehow a little bit kind of going along and feeling them here. And there's a long history of uh, receiving teachings like this that, and then going off to meditate with them. Um, so... Um, and um, <clears throat> so this week, uh, mindfulness of emotions, uh, I hope offered both the different perspectives of how to be present for emotions. So the art of it, you can kind of have different choices of how to be and with them in different, different times in different ways. And, um, but also it was a little bit progressive. It was creating a building the container, building the context so that we can do something which is often quite difficult, and that is to sit in the middle of our emotional life, but sit in the middle without being uh, caught in it or entangled or reactive, or without feeling that the, we're victims of our emotions, that we're collapsing under the weight of them. And um, but to find a, a, a way to sit in the middle where we feel at ease, or we feel free, or we feel uh, strong, we feel um, capable, um, we have the capacity to be with them and be present. And, and then to be able to get uh, to really, when the time is right, to really be intimate with them, to really feel closely what exactly is the experience, the present moment experience, Often with emotions, especially with difficult emotions, there's often a very strong connection to thinking and reacting and believing or interpreting or predicting or um, somehow relating what the emotion to our our sense of self, what this means for me and uh, how this defines me or what I have to do or something. And the idea in mindfulness practice is to learn a radical simplicity where so much of the reactive, interpretive, uh, judging, analytical ways of being with uh, emotions, that, that it gets, uh, let's, kind of recedes into the background or becomes quiet. It's kind of like uh, you've been doing some kind of craft at home, but there's a loud radio going on, kind of blaring all kinds of stuff that... Maybe it's political speeches and and um, opinions and and um, and it's just kind of difficult to kind of be absorbed in your craft or in reading your nice book. And so um, the um, uh, so the radio goes off or the radio gets turned down, and now you can really be with what you're doing, and so to really be with the emotion, and whether it's sitting in the middle of it or coming from underneath it, or in some kind of intimate way, uh, 
being the emotion, making room for it to kind of be all of us if it's really strong and everything. But all these ways, uh, with a simplicity of attention, with a capacity not to react, not to judge, not to interpret, um, but just to breathe with it or make room for it to be what it is. And that intimacy and that capacity is invaluable, I would suggest, for t- to today for two main reasons. Um, one is that uh, our body, the emotional body that we have, has a lot of wisdom about how to, uh, in a healthy way, to let our emotional life unfold. And uh, sometimes our emotional body has much more wisdom than our thinking mind has, where we predict and judge and interpret based on life experience. And so if we can relax enough, feel safe enough to drop into our body and just feel intimately what's happening, then um, uh, the inner wisdom, the, the process which emotions are, emotions are, can process themselves in a healthy way. So that's one advantage of doing this. And the more close we're connected sometimes, the easier it is for to really allow the depth of what's happening to unfold. The other, which is also sometimes maybe even more important at times, is that that intimacy and presence and attention to the emotion that's close in, we start seeing that actually in the cracks of it or underneath it or behind it or something, we start seeing that whatever the emotion is that we're that was going on is, is in a certain way is the surface emotion or is the the uh, the louder expression of something that's more core so that underlying source underneath so for example when there's a lot of anger uh, sometimes what's underneath the anger is fear uh, or maybe it's um, a sense of hurt and so, so this day of being close to it and feeling it closely and um, so that it can, we can begin seeing, I like, sometimes I think of it as the message underneath it, the, what's really going on underneath. And that can be a game changer where we thought we were dealing with anger and we had opinions about anger and important to express it and you're going to give people a piece of your mind and you have the right to do that. All this stuff is just really on this, it's kind of a surface thing if you really want, if you're able to drop into a deeper wellspring, deeper, what's really bubbling and going on and activated in a deeper place within, you want to be able to see below that, maybe see the hurt or the fear. And that is more primary. That's more useful to deal with. Sometimes sadness, um, sometimes uh, uh, anger isn't, uh, there's not fear or hurt underneath it. Sometimes it's a deep sorrow and grief. And the anger is a kind of, uh, kind of might be directed outwards to others, but it's a kind of ricocheting off the difficulty of being with our own grief and pain. And certainly we want to be very respectful how difficult it is and not rush to then connect to it. But there might be feeling it from a distance or soft cotton ball that gently touches it and pets it, you know, strokes it. I know you're there, and, t- and then pulls it away. So these two uh, very helpful processes that can happen. One is that the emotion uh, can unfold the way 
it will naturally do. And generally emotions unfold in appropriate ways. They know how to unfold if we get out of the way and allow them to be there without being fueled by stories and beliefs and reactivity. And um, the second is that um, uh, we start seeing through them to what's actually deeper. And the examples I gave now were all kind of maybe difficult emotions, but sometimes underneath might be something beautiful. So maybe there's anger, but we find that underneath there, there's love. And somehow the love, the care, the compassion, for some reason has taken the direction of anger. But there's really compassion underneath there. And maybe there's another way, rather than anger, to let the compassion be expressed. Um, maybe sadness underneath that is, uh, is also love or care. Or um, Maybe there's a sadness that our generosity or our friendship is not received or something. So um, sometimes there's beautiful things to discover. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes um, fear, underneath the fear, there might be a very wholesome sense of wanting to protect oneself, uh, care and support for one's own well-being that feels uh, very satisfying to touch into. And to feel that underlying care and desire to be safe, independent of the fear, can be also a game changer. And we can ask ourselves then, well, is there another way of uh, becoming safe if that's what I, what, what I want, as opposed to somehow contending with the fear? So the world of our emotions is a very rich world. And, um, and as we learn in mindfulness meditation, to be present for it in a mindful, non-reactive way, the, the uh, greatest potential in, for mindfulness meditation of learning how to do this is that emotions become just one more thing to be aware of as things unfold and move through us. And it isn't that the emotions then at some point are more validated or more important than anything else, but rather the ability to settle down, set, uh, be simple, and whatever arises in attention, we just say, oh, that's what it is. This is going on now. And leave it that simple so that the capacity for simple, ongoing recognition, presence to what's happening in the present moment uh, becomes uninterrupted without the emotions um, being, as I said, prioritized or, or taken to be uh, um, more important than anything else. It's just one more thing to recognize and know. And that simplicity of just letting emotions be that way allows for this deeper settling and constant, uh, into um, the, uh, the path of mindfulness. So I hope all this uh, is supportive. Um, remember that how important that, that uh, I'm emphasizing respect is for your emotions, to respect them and care for them and and be wise about them. Don't uh, and uh, know. Hopefully, what we've done this week helps you to understand how to better take care of yourself when these emotions are here, and how to not be um, caught in them too much. But learn how to, when you need to take a break or need to talk to a friend or need something else, that you you will do so. 
So next week, uh, we'll talk, I'll talk about mindfulness of thinking. And that overlaps quite a bit with the mindfulness of emotions. And hopefully you'll see that mindfulness, being able to be mindful of emotions is uh, really helpful to get a handle on how to be mindful, mindful of thoughts so that when you're mindful of thinking, it doesn't prompt you to think more. So thank you very much, and I look forward to our time next week.